Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Alatia Foundation podcast interview series. Now, this podcast is going to look at how methane emissions can affect the process of energy transition to combat climate change. And of course, methane emissions, we hear it in the headlines. We're going to hear a lot more about perhaps combating methane emissions from a man who knows a lot about it. Bart Borderijk joins us now, and he's the CEO of a Belgian company called The Sniffers. Um, I'm not going to put it in too much context for you because Bart has quite a lot to say. And let me just start off, Bart. I always, you know, I love the name of your company in terms of how do we find methane? We can't see it. We're not going to be able to touch it. So indeed, we have to, as you might say, we have to sniff it out. Talk to us a little bit about the concept of the sniffers. Thank you, uh, Edna, for the introduction. Uh, the sniffers helps uh, oil and gas companies uh, to realize their environmental and sustainability ambitions and to help them to operate pipelines in a safe, compliant and efficient way. Our company started 30 years ago in Belgium, working with the important industry in Rotterdam and Antwerp. And today our company has executed projects in more than 35 different countries around the world. We have different teams in different countries, also in the Middle East. Initially, the sniffer started identifying leaks with sniffing dogs. But besides sniffing dogs, we have a broad range of measuring devices able to identify emissions and quantify these emissions and provide information to our customers so that they can repair those emissions or at least reduce those emissions. How does it go in practice? A small team of sniffers uh, technicians goes to the client, they go to the client and they monitor all potential leaking sources or emitting sources. For a small unit, it can be a couple of thousand measurements. For big facilities, it can be up to hundred thousands of measurements. Maintenance repair orders are created for each leak and the measurements are validated and processed in order to make a big report that gives that full transparency to the client about their emission situation. In the early days, uh, we called this uh, LDAR, leak detection and repair. And we were very much focused on the release of VOCs in the atmosphere, and that was causing smoke and ozone. And there were a lot of regulations and protocols to control that. Today, we are more and more taking a look at methane, as you already announced in the introduction, Edna. Now, just talk to me about how serious is methane emissions. When we think about it, we hear a lot about CO2, we hear about you know, climate change, we hear about all the great work in carbon capture, we hear a lot you know, more on the, the carbon side. But talk to us about you know, just how dangerous and how, um, how serious methane emissions are. Good question, Edna. Indeed, the Paris Climate Agreement talks about avoiding a dangerous climate change by limiting global warming to two degrees Celsius. And the global warming is caused by the so-called greenhouse gases that trap the heat in the atmosphere. The most important greenhouse gas is, of course, carbon dioxide. And that counts for about, uh, let's say, 80% of the greenhouse gases. Um, methane is the second most important greenhouse gas and stands for about 10%. And methane is uh, emitted during the production and transportation of coal, natural gas, and oil. And methane is also coming from livestock and other agriculture practices, 
and for instance also by the decay of organic waste in municipal solid waste landfills. Now, methane has a lifetime of only 12 years in the atmosphere. Carbon dioxide is, has a lifetime of 300 to 1,000 years, methane only 12 years. But the potential of methane compared to carbon dioxide to absorb heat in the atmosphere is 84 times higher than carbon dioxide in the first 20 years. And that makes methane one of the most damaging greenhouse gases, today responsible for 25% of the global warming. The oil and gas industry, together with the agriculture sector, are the main human-made causes of methane emissions. And it's because methane is so potent and because there are solutions at hand to reduce methane emissions for the oil and gas industry. Therefore, it is important that methane is addressed because it's the most effective way to slow down our current rate of global warming. Now, of course, the oil and gas industry are often blamed, you know, the hydrocarbon industry often blamed, you know, as the main culprits in this. But as you say, we're also looking, we're looking at agriculture, we're looking at waste and all of that. I mean, how do you work, I suppose, across the board here? I can see, you know, how you need to address this from a hydrocarbon point of view. But how do you deal, you know, with the farmers? How do you deal with the agricultural ministries? How do you deal with, with people who have demand for, for food? And this is also, you know, a big issue in the world today. Indeed, there is the... Um there needs to be action on a lot of uh, uh, fronts. A lot of uh, businesses have to change. And it is, of course, very difficult to change the current habits. And it will require some strong leadership. Now, uh, it's important that we make progress for the oil and gas sector. It is important that we do not only take a look at how we can compensate that emission. It's important that every emission is being reduced as much as possible because every reduction over there doesn't require any compensation. So it's important to find back all those emissions in the full gas value chain, in the full um, value chain of the energy suppliers, whether this is onshore, offshore, whether this is well production, gas processing plants or distribution, in every step of the value chain, emissions can happen. And it's important to identify those emissions and to reduce these. As the sniffers, we are using uh, a lot of uh, techniques for that. There are the classic top-down approaches with satellites and, aerial and airplanes that do measurements and drones that do measurements. And we have several partnerships in place and have some own equipment to also do that kind of equipment. And on the other hand, there are the so-called bottom-up measuring techniques and these are techniques where the sniffer's technician really goes out to a customer and measures every individual source, uh, whether something is leaking and when it's leaking to quantify these so that um, priorities can be set up for maintenance or engineering departments to go out and repair and reduce that uh, emission. So, um, eliminating emissions is an important component. Uh, and that, of course, on top of the whole emission uh, energy transition that goes on, uh, moving away from coal, moving away from oil, and at the end also moving away from gas and completely going into renewables. Um, gas, by the way, 
will continue to exist because it's also used as feedstock for lots of our chemical industry. So it's not going to be completely eliminated, but uh, uh, every emission needs to be reduced. That's important here. Now, again, when we look at the technology, you know, you talk about in the beginning, you know, it was the the sharp scent from uh, the, the dogs that did this. It was almost manual uh, focus in terms of detecting emissions. But now, of course, you're employing, you know, a lot of different technology on this. And even, as you say, satellites and that. But still, we look at the danger of, you know, leaks in, in pipelines and in wellheads and processing plants. All this still remains, you know, a real danger out there. How closely do you work with companies and with the industry to make sure, you know, this is eliminated? Is it one of their top priorities right now? Uh, we see a lot of variation when we take a look at companies all over the world. Uh, as an example, lots of the major oil and gas companies are a member of OGCI and OGCI has a lot of thought leadership and they set themselves some uh, ambitious targets to reduce uh, methane emissions. Um, that's great leadership. It's a great example for the rest of the industry. However, they, between brackets, only represent 30% of uh, the whole uh, energy production in the world. So it's good to see that leadership and it hope it's, uh, I hope it's uh, inspiring uh, all the other companies around the world. So yes, uh, um, we work also with the other companies to educate them, to show them especially that there are solutions. And in a lot of those solutions, it's even a positive investment, meaning that the first uh, uh, surveys, the first uh, improvements that are done are gaining money rather than costing money. So that is an interesting path. It was also identified by the International Energy Agency that 70% um, of the emissions of methane could be resolved with techniques that... Uh, uh, do not cost anything, are net zero in, 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 in terms of money. So that is an interesting concept. Yeah? And it's about uh, sharing those possibilities with all those companies. It's also about um, regulations that have to be put in place by the different countries in order to mandate certain activities, as not all customers are having that thought leadership are having that uh, internal drive to go after those uh, emission reductions. Not every company is um, uh, autonomous in that. Now, of course, the OGCI, that initiative is very, very important. And I think that will, it'll increase and, uh, you know, more people will be behind that, of course, being the oil and gas climate initiative that many of the oil companies have um, signed up to. But talk to me about to, you know, older facilities or, you know, is there, who's, who, who's the, if there is a culprit in this, who would be the worst? Is it the older facilities that perhaps are still in need of an update? Um, and maybe talk to us about the concept of super emitter events. What, what happens there? Indeed, eh? um, satellites, as an example, um, find once in a while super emitters. And these are leaks in installations that are really releasing a lot of methane. Uh, and it's almost like an avalanche that uh, waves all the small efforts of all the good companies. So it's a, a lot of methane that suddenly is uh, in the atmosphere. Satellites detect that. Um, 
we see this as a indication, as a symptom of a lack of uh, the right maintenance techniques, the right maintenance attention, sometimes also as a lack of leadership in these companies. Um, when such a big leak is happening, normally people see this on these uh, on their normal parameters. But uh, in, in several cases, it is not even seen. They have to wait for signals for uh, from satellites. Um, is this typical for older installations? Yes and no. Um, it is possible that old installations still are, uh, and with uh, lack of good maintenance, that there are important uh, maintenance issues and, and uh, breakage in the, in the installations. But on the other hand, we also see investors that are uh, interested in keeping their investment money limited and do not install the latest techniques. As an example, installing gas-driven valves. Uh, yeah, that is, there is an intended emission with uh, connected to gas-driven valves is an indication of uh, um, limiting investment money and going for the uh, fast return on the investment. But how can regulation help in this? I mean, what are the regulatory initiatives around that? You know, everybody is looking at the Paris Climate Agreement and, you know, looking ahead to a cleaner, greener future, you know, but we still seem to be stuck here in a stop-start situation. And this really isn't helping to solve the problem. Yes, correct, Edna. It's not only regulation. I'll talk about that in a minute. It's also about the financing community that demands from their companies to have a decent uh, ESG score. What is being done about the emissions? What are the objective and validated figures? Uh, financing funds are requiring good uh, figures before really putting money on the table. Going to the regulations, yeah, there are several countries in the world that have already specific methane emission regulations. The biggest breakthrough that I'm expecting is especially the uh, initiative from the European Commission. They've announced a couple of months ago the Green Deal. There was a methane strategy announced in November last year, and we are expecting detailed legislation by the end of this year. And this legislation will require energy so gas companies to uh, measure, report and validate figures, uh, MRV, it, this is called, and uh, that, will that will force the industry to, to provide much more transparency, and perhaps there will be some penalties or some funding involved in that. It's important to understand and to pick up that it's not only about the domestic players within the European Union, also import of energy will be part of this legislation. So export countries like Russia through pipelines, Qatar, US, Algeria, Nigeria, and, in a less, and to a lesser extent, Norway, these are all exporting uh, companies to the European Union. They also will be affected by this upcoming legislation. Um, it's not yet clear in which direction. the United Nations organization together with the European Union. That framework will be used as the base of going to 
produced and will create that extra transparency, create that credible, uh, that credibility that is required for this industry uh, so that their efforts are taken very serious, that we can see all the improvements year after year that this industry is doing. Now, talk to me about your own uh, program that's in place, the Sniffers recently, the award that you put in place, the Methane Accounting Program. Um, tell me a little bit about how that's going to work. Yes, indeed. In our conversations with the regulators and with clients, we've identified that there was a need for a program with a full focus on measuring methane emissions in the gas value chain and uh, uh, throughout the whole value chain, whether this was upstream, midstream and downstream, and with a big need to make that transparent and credible. And to answer that need, we've created that methane accounting program that delivers that transparency. The program today is being rolled out with, uh, by some major players and helps all stakeholders to set priorities and drive those emissions down. Huh? Uh, the, emission, the Energy Institute valued this uh, emission accounting program in their 2020 competition in the category Environment. And we won this uh, award against other nominations from major oil and gas players. So we are very proud uh, on this. And uh, this award gave us the, the confidence and the recognition that we are supporting our clients with the right services to help them realize their environmental and sustainable, sustainability ambitions. So we feel very pleased with that award. And again, I think all programs like this certainly will help. You know, they'll put a little bit of peer pressure, hopefully, on people as well. Now, many executives and leaders I talk to in the industry when they're talking about, you know, a cleaner, greener future, which everybody, thankfully, is focused on that, all of the hydrocarbon companies, without a doubt. You know, but I'm hearing about, you know, uh, emission-free LNG, emission-free gas, all of that. You know, how important is it that this that they reach this? What's, um, you know, realistically, can they do it? And then what is the downside in the event, you know, they don't do it? Are we looking at, um, you know, are we looking at a, a tax? Are we looking at any punitive uh, arrangements in situations like this? Do we absolutely now have to, since gas is probably going to be that bridge fuel before we get to renewables, you know, we have to make sure that it is cleaner for um, for our world, basically. I'm expecting that um, the upcoming legislation in the European Union to be ex expected by the end of the year, that that will uh, incentivize the good value chains. The value chains that have uh, very good control on their emissions will be incentivized. Uh, I'm not sure about how this is going to work. But I am sure that the, uh, European, the, the European individuals, they definitely like to have a greener world and they will drive the market for value chains with low emissions and they will probably push out of the market the value chains with a lot of emissions. Just because of the behavior of the European citizens, I, that is a very strong power to drive the right value chains uh, against the value chains that have a lot of emissions. This is all possible when there is transparency around those value chains. And the um, legislation in Europe will definitely create that transparency. 
So the driving force could be the individuals in Europe that can decide to take gas from that producer or that producer or that importer or another importer. And secondly, I definitely believe that the European Union will also help this, uh, this, this uh, mechanism with some penalization or some incentives, depending whether the gas value chains are very green or not so green. So I believe those two mechanisms will play an important role and it will go very fast. I, uh, that, uh, that I'm, I'm strong. I believe that that is going very fast, that process. Yes, indeed. I think there really is a recognition that um, all of the hydrocarbon companies, you know, are on board to head towards that cleaner, greener future. We're hearing that. We're hearing it uh, resounding support for it right across the board. We're hearing it from investors and we're hearing it indeed from the energy community as well, because uh, there is no choice at this point. And I think, you know, uh, companies like yourself, the great work that you're doing is certainly helping to make sure that they can enable this. And um, Bart, we have to leave it there. I really want to thank you for adding great value to us here on the Alatia podcast today. Um, you know, very, very interesting concepts there in terms of what can be done to reduce methane and indeed to overall make sure that uh, we have a greener, cleaner uh, climate out there because climate change is the very, very heart of what everybody needs to be doing. So Bart Wojtarek, I'm the CEO of The Sniffers. Thank you so much for joining us.